welcome everyone to Babes on the Brink. After a one-week hiatus, we are back to cover The Traitors USA Season 2, Episode 6 and Episode 7. It's a double special, yay! And joining me, as always, my number one, my Peter's pal, it's Chili Philly! <laughs> hello, hello. Oh, yes, I know. We are the most faithful of the faithful, aren't we, over here? We really are. We are. We're dedicated. And you know what? Sometimes we stray, but we always come back more faithful than ever. So yes. let's, just, let's just take the audience back a week. If you remember, we had Dan, Phaedra, and we had Parvati up in Traitor's Tower. And they were about to make what we all unanimously agreed at the time, was an unbelievably bad idea. So mm -hmm. when we come into episode six, this is where we see the fallout because we get the slow reveal, Bergie, who they tried to take a hit out of last night, congrats Dan, is not dead. Poverty is aggressively squinting. Peter <laughs> is smug and gossiping about it with his buddies. Phil, what was your reaction to this breakfast? Uh, like a big massive moan. Obviously at this point we'd had, like this is because obviously we're zooming our brains back a couple of weeks, but we at this point had already been spoiled by the show itself that this was going to be the fallout from the previous episode. Um, and so when I saw it sort of actually pan out in front of our eyes, uh, yeah, what the hell? Like, I just don't understand. I just don't understand. And I think we might've touched upon it last time. Like, obviously Dan is a good big brother player. So from what we have heard, maybe we need to watch his, maybe we'll recap big brother 10 or something and see what it's like. Um, it is one of the shorter ones from what I understand, but yeah, I, I just don't, I just don't understand. And so when, yeah, but when Bergie comes in, it's just sort of a bit like, well, you flopped. Like, what else? What, I, what, I, why? Don't, I don't think that the skills that you gain in Survivor and Big Brother are necessarily directly translatable to the traitors. And I actually think that kind of coming in with that mindset, and, you know, I was to an extent um, a victim of, of this as well, when you come in with that mindset, you're in many ways setting yourself up for failure. And I think we're seeing this with a lot of the former Big Brother and Survivor players here, where they're trying to over-strategize. They're trying to form, like make strategic moves where they don't need to be played. And in fact, they're just making the game harder for themselves and backing themselves into a corner. Um, and I mean, like, but that said, I really do think that even intuitively this was terrible. We get a confessional um, from Dan before he he sees that Bergie is still alive, where he points out that if, if Bergie is dead, everyone's going to pin it on him anyway. So I think there was no universe in which this move worked out for him. And all of this time that he was sitting back playing this Big Brother game, trying to be under the radar, not really focusing in, on on establishing himself as a vocal player in the game he was setting himself up for failure yeah because have you because you're more of the interview post-show interview sort of listener but had you listened or read any sort of interviews where he sort of explains even why he even thought that that was a good decision yeah so I was listening to it and I think from Dan's perspective he, you know, he wanted to take this big shot. Bergie was coming for him. Um, and he thought Peter had a shield. So I don't, I mean, I, th I think he knows what he did was wrong. I think also he was re really loyal to poverty mm. in, in a way that was detrimental to him as well. I mean, later on in this episode, he goes guns blazing at Phaedra because... He couldn't. He didn't, couldn't see himself working with Phaedra strategically um, because she won't strategize. <laughs> yeah. um, and he felt like everyone trusted Phaedra more than him. 
But that's such a good reason why you can't target Phaedra. If, if yep. her word means more than yours, don't target her. He needed to feed the hungry faithful and he needed to feed them poverty. And yeah. neither of them were really willing to throw the other one under the bus out of what I can only assume is this legend's loyalty to each other yeah. that, that transcends the game. Because there's something, there's something that kind of comes up at the end of the, the the recent episode that I just found absolutely ridiculous. And it follows along the same lines. It's like, you guys are playing separate games. And this is between CT and um, Trishel. It's like, you're both clearly playing very different games and are on two different sides of the thing. Why, why is there even a semblance of this loyalty when you are actually actively playing against each other. And same thing applies here. It's like, what is what is the benefit of even trying to sort of save face for somebody when at the end of the day, <laughs> I guess maybe they both were under the microscope and that's maybe what brought them sort of closer together in, the, in terms of uh, Parv and Dan, but even out the door and obviously you've said to me before that Luke sort of gave you this sort of pep talk when you knew you were going to sort of go out guns blazing but you went guns out blazing uh maybe in the correct sense while Dan went out guns blazing in the what the fuck said that that was <laughs> what was I watching and I disagree on with you on the Trishel and CT of it all. We can yeah. talk about it when we get there, maybe. Yeah. Um, but this this was bad. And so let's yeah. just wind it back. We're at the breakfast. And what did, the way Peter... This is where we kind of see Peter's story arc over these two episodes. So yeah. in, in episode five, oh, Peter's amazing. He's clocked everyone and he's come up with this awesome strategy. But it's really here in episode six that he, he kind of transforms almost into a bit of a villain with his yeah. smugness. And we start to get on side back with the traitors on the anti-Peter mm -hmm. bandwagon. And, and I think it starts here at breakfast. So here, very, very smug, okay? Yeah. Announces to everybody that he had only told three people. And rather than saying who those three people were, he makes each of them announce themselves <laughs> and give a justification as to why it isn't them. And then based on that, he says, okay, I've decided it's not CT. CT is safe. Everybody, it's between poverty and Dan. And look, <laughs> he's not wrong. He's correct. Yeah. And I usually say, Phil, that correct is sexy. But there was something <laughs> profoundly unsexy about Peter over these last two episodes. No, yeah. This I yeah, the 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 initial sort of cracking of the code, I guess, that he had and to the his Nancy drawing of everything was amazing. That was like so unexpected for us all because he didn't come from one of these sorts of shows. But then they're sort of uh, overconfident because I guess it's like the, that's it's that thing. It's like he is a faithful, and as we see later on, he's definitely committing to the bit. So from his perspective, oh, he's just laying it all out for everybody. But the thing is, it's like it's so transparent that what's what like, bleh. yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's giving like male like, privilege um yeah, like, it's ew. giving smug hot white guy and i think it's it's interesting because the traitors as a show only really works when the traitors are getting banished right we all root for a traitor to get banished but at the same time the show kind of wants you on the traitor's side as well. So I think Peter got his flowers in correctly identifying the traitors. But I think has, you know, now we need to turn as an audience against Peter so we can get back on board with supporting Phaedra and Parvati. Um, and I, I do think there's a few things that, that Peter chooses to do which don't keep the audience on side here. But I want, all right, we're post-breakfast now, and Peter gets some one-on-one -on -one time with each of the traitors. Phaedra's coming over to tell him how amazing they are, and, you know, you're all so genius, pushes Parv under the bus a little bit. <laughs> but then we get these sit-down chats uh, in the yep. breakfast room, 
Parv and Peter, then Dan and Peter. Each of them give him absolutely nothing. <laughs> absolutely nothing. Dan gives him, I mean, at least Parv is like, um, Peter, come to the table, stop being such a smug git. Dan is yeah. just like, I'm not going to give you any of my thoughts until the round table. Uh. This was where they needed to go at each other. Yeah. If at this point, poverty says, why are you obsessed with me, Peter? I live rent free yeah. in your brain. You have yeah. this man over here who <laughs> has not said anything in five episodes. Yeah. Okay. Bergie was nearly murdered last night. Bergie yeah. is going hard for Dan. It's so obviously Dan and not me. Mm. Mm. But she doesn't. She doesn't. Do has have they developed a culture this season where they don't because obviously now we know uh, as time has gone on that this group of five that has been cultivated by peter sort of exists yes and then there's all these leftovers as sandra refers to them as do you think that the the sort of tentativeness for everybody to do anything so overt has created the has created this in terms of there are five people who are willing to gun for gun for people talk it out blah 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 in a group setting or in a one on one setting that's not at the round table and then there's these all these randos who don't want to talk or are just saying random things or whatever do you think that this is sort of like a glimpse into how those sort of dynamics have sort of emerged because basically if you're at this point, uh, rec- rec- um, open to receiving this sort of information, then you would probably naturally end up falling into Peter's group because you'll be like, yeah, 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 cool, cool, cool. But all these other people like Kate and Sheree and all the like, what are they doing? Yes, and I think the house. I think Sandra now. Sandra's now trying to rally the leftovers, and I think that the leftovers were really. Um, were really harmed by losing Janelle because Janelle was willing to talk about things pre-roundtable. And for some reason, these the rest of them are obsessed with this idea of saving their thoughts for the roundtable and pitching their case there. Poverty yeah. says it in the in this week's episode. And like the reality is, okay, sure, maybe some people will change their mind at the round table, but a lot yep. of people won't. And you need to go in there mm. having already discussed and shared your name yes. because it is a high pressure conflict situation. Yeah. And you can't trust yourself to give a compelling enough speech to get them on side. Dan yep. gave the most extra, most dramatic, yep. most carefully delivered shit speech, <laughs> right, that we've seen. And yeah. and that's if he didn't spend the day planting seeds, he didn't spend the last five episodes planting yeah. seeds. This was yeah. the first, and he just threw seed packets in people's face and <laughs> hoped that something would grow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because because we've seen this in winners in the past. We've seen it in um, who won just the recent UK season. We saw Mike, but. You know, it's just one of those things where it's like you need to have those relationships. So when you bring up these things at the round table, you have that backup person to corroborate what you're saying. It can't just be out of the blue and it can't just be without context. Because the only context, if you're just randomly saying things, is that you're a traitor and you know all this information. It's not like it's it, it was so dumb. Um, because I was thinking about it as you were talking before about the Big Brother Survivor players and how <laughs> poorly they play. But it's one of those things why someone like Sandra and someone like Sari do do well in their games is that they focus on the relationships and how they slot into the dynamics that are around them. And then that is how they go further and further in the game. It's not about necessarily pushing agendas as a group it's more where do i fit in this group and blah 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 which is what is adaptable in these scenarios um in the traders i mean because effectively both sandra and sari have been people who you know everybody appreciates their input they're one for the group uh they have good relationships with everybody i think we said ages ago like sandra sandra's like sort of up with the housewives as we've seen 
um, as obviously she has a relationship with MJ, you know? So yeah, it's just sort of really interesting that there's sort of this line that we, you can always see in this season of how Dan and Parth have been as sort of what are people consider sort of like powerhouse winners versus someone like Sandra, who's more, who is, she is a two-time winner, but she was never considered somebody who steamrolled or led the charge on anything. 100%. You know, there is a strong physical element to Big Brother and Survivor that does not exist in The Traitors. If you mm -hmm. think The Traitors are going to keep you in because you might do well in missions for them, you are Delulu. That does not factor <laughs> into their thinking at all. Get that thought out of your brain. There is an element of strategy, but that's fairly small. You know, yep. there's the shields, but there's no idols. There's no other no. twists. There's no. no, you know, like, and ultimately, if you can get everybody on your side to vote somebody out, great. You, If you're faithful, you still don't, don't get to choose the murders or have any say. You also, um, it doesn't matter if people are on your side, if they're a trader and can take the money at the end anyway. As yep. you said... The only thing that really, really matters in this game is your social relationships, that people trust you, love yep. you, want you around, want you until the end. It doesn't yep. pay to be annoying like me. It doesn't pay <laughs> to overthink it like Dan. Yep. Just be loved, okay? Yep. Just be loved. Um, yep. We have the mission. There's nothing to say, really. It's the catapult mission again. Yeah. <laughs> CT, I think I skipped it. <laughs> yeah, things happened. They got the money. Sheree gets the uh, shield, whatever. All we really, all that really comes out of this is um, we're seeing a lot of movement towards poverty. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Kate is really pushing poverty. I'm getting, you know, Kevin's saying, I don't really know that we should go for Dan. Like, he's not really done anything. Uh, Peter is annoying. He's like, Dan poverty make my murder tonight painless everyone rolls their eyes and groans again still being extra afterwards peter's like this is my last meal <laughs> has he joined the housewives i don't know yes but the, things kick off post mission and this is this is i think going to be the fatal flaw of peter's party pals um and that's their obsession with secret meetings, locking people out the room and telling people they're not allowed in. What has your yeah. reaction been to this repeated behaviour? Um, it's very strange. <laughs> uh, like, weird. Um, because it's not... It's not like Big Brother or Survivor where you are basically living in the environment. So the timing of meetings and stuff like that is important. Like, it, you, you're going to have to do that. In this game, you're actively around the house, right? And you're only there for a set period of time. So literally isolating yourselves in the, and saying, sorry, no, 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 give us a chat multiple times to different people. You're basically saying to a group of people that they are not, have them, one of them sit in the group. Because whatever, the annoying thing is, is that, okay, let's say, Phaedra or Sandra or whoever does sit in the whatever. You still need their numbers to banish whoever you guys decide. So even if they're sitting in the room, it doesn't matter. They, they You're letting them in on the plan. But the more and more you keep it to your five, like Sandra ends up laying out with the pool table, there's way more of them than the others. I don't know why they're acting like they're seven or whatever by the end of the other episode doesn't matter. It's weird. I find that really strange. It's, I agree. And it's terrible. It's strategically and socially terrible because they've manufactured an additional unnecessary us versus them dynamic in the house, right? Yeah. Like it, it should be a faithful versus traitors dynamic, but by closing it off to just a small group of them, that group of five, and yeah. saying, we will not talk with anybody else. You cannot be party to our decisions. We have decided that we are all definitely faithful and we can't trust the rest of you yeah. is so off-putting. I mean, can, to a housewife, can you imagine that's going down like a ton of bricks? Yeah. Well, it's sort of like, I get sort of the blind side if 
let's say, I think like a scenario like this happens in Australia season one where they do actively participate in a blind side where they all secretly like, oh, yep, cool, shh, 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 all that sort of stuff. It makes sense in that context because they don't want that information leaking out and they also don't want people to know that they're working together. This is, But this is not the use of this um, grouping strategy, whatever. It's just so not right, as in not right. That sounds like they're it's problematic in some way um but like like morally problematic uh but yeah yeah it's just i don't know they have their token person of color with kevin okay it's not problematic (laughs) and they have a token woman in trishel so it's yeah yeah and they're not ageist and they're not ageist and they've got and they have one blonde yeah um (laughs) international flavor with john (laughs) quality (laughs) you know so yes i think so there's it it and they continue doing this into the next episode as well. It forces the rest of the house to come together in a way they wouldn't have otherwise. And then additionally, they have formed this group based on this deep trust that they are all faithful, which is super bad because you need a traitor who's going to not murder you. And the only person in there who can say they're safe from murder is Bergie. Because he has Phaedra, and even then, yeah. he's got the flakiest traitor on his, his side. Yeah. Phaedra, yes. who's, who was willing to let him get murdered <laughs> with a freaking shield last night. So <laughs> I just, they have set themselves up to be targets from the rest of the house who have the majority, and they've set themselves up as targets for the traitors by having secret discussions the traitors aren't party to, which is scary, and by being correct about who the traitors are, which is yeah. even scarier. So yeah. they are now being attacked on all sides. They're a minority, and they're not, like, outside of Peter. Like, if he's gone, it's falling apart, babe. Yeah, no, there's nothing. There's nothing. And you just... When I was looking at Reddit... Um before I sort of saw this episode, before I realised what the twist was and everybody was like, eh, clearly this is the producers being like, shit, we can't have Peter go right now because <laughs> if he does go, what else is going to be happening? So, yeah, literally, Peter's such the glue for this dynamic because, hey, we haven't heard Kevin, since Kevin flopped his Janelle plan and stuff like that, we, he, we've not heard a peep from him. So, yeah, you know, you can imagine with the same with the others that we're hearing more from Trishel now, but, yeah, I just don't know what else. I'm surprised that Trishel was sort of in on this as well. Trishel, I thought she would be a little Trishel's dead meat. Yeah. Trishel does not make it into the next episode. I'm calling that now. We'll <laughs> yeah, get there in a second. Okay, so going into the roundtable, it seems like everyone is pretty much on board to banish poverty. Um, that's what Peter's party pals are saying. That even seems to be what a lot of the housewives and the Sandra units are saying. But Dan says, not today, Satan. Not today. It will be me going out tonight. <laughs> he gives this long dramatic speech. The evidence was flimsy at best. I described it in my notes as a very dramatic plate of plain toast. Yeah. Not my burgalicious was problematic for you, <laughs> Kate says with yeah. eyebrows raised, yeah. and so did the audience, Phil. Yeah. Well, was, he was like, so explain the reactions. What react, like, vague, vague gesture. Explain, what what, what, what was his argument? He was like, nobody talks about you. Yeah, well, nobody talks about anybody, <laughs> half these people. Okay, explain your reactions. Well, to be fair, one of them was a fellow <laughs> housewife um, who had, well, had a then-partner. <laughs> I know. Okay, everyone, in, in case you don't already know, Larsa and Marcus have broken up. Uh, and separately, there have been discussions. Someone was saying on Janelle's podcast that there were a lot of hookups in the castle. Um Number one on the rumours is Ekansu and Peter. This is all alleged and totally unconfirmed. But in my head canon, Larsa and Kevin were doing it. <laughs> we 
know she needs it five times a day. Marcus was gone almost 24 hours. Someone had yeah. to fill that hole. Yeah. Pardon the pun. <laughs> Literally. Yes. But. So, yeah. It was, it, 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 honestly. So, yeah. So, Dan, it, it's, and then Phaedra nails it. Yeah. She gives uh, this incredible rebuttal. She says, I do too much because you do too little. But yep. tonight, honey, you do too much because you know you are getting ready to be banished. Yeah. Burgalicious voted for you last night and you pushed his murder because you thought he could be murdered. She slayed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so funny because obviously in some ways Phaedra strategically doesn't... I feel like she's just not showing her cards enough, like as in to us. And to, to the show. But she clearly knows what she's doing. She can fully break down what uh, Dan... Like, she can fully rebut Dan in a way that fully exonerates what Yeah, like. she can give a good speech. And I, I think what's interesting is that Dan gets a lot of heat for not putting out names because that's what people expect of him. Whereas we've not seen Sheree, Phaedra... Kate, none of them have been pushing names at all. And Phaedra won't do it in Traitor's Tower either. But I think because of their reputation, people don't expect that from them. And I do think that the housewives are being cut extra slack based on that. Oh, literally. And and I guess the same same applies. Well, yeah, because basically all the Bravo people, yeah, are getting a lot more leeway in terms of strategy, which... Yeah, how many of the... There's still, like, four of them. So, yeah, that's a whole block that the other five are just completely neglecting. They are obsessed with poverty. Um, So everyone ends up voting Dan, except for Dan, who votes for Phaedra, and Peter, who votes for Parv, just to remind people not to forget about her. I think think that's what's getting under my skin, is how... It's not just the smugness, it's the condescension. Condescension, yeah. That's like it's like guys. For those who aren't playing the game, guess what? This is the next move. Just letting you know, housewives. Yeah. Like, no, of course. Um, and then we obviously we get the epic speech from John. Treachery deserves to be punished by banishment. Banishment, my dear friend, should be your fate tonight. This guy is the silent slaughterer, and that <laughs> is the sum of it. Oh my God, John is going all the way to the end. I actually, I don't think John is getting banished or murdered. I can see John making it to the final fire pit. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely there. Like even the fact that he got the fire thing down the line, despite... Was he even in any danger from seat like that? I found that so we we'll get into it. Yes. But he's he's like clear of he's in I would say he's kind of in sort sort of the Merrill zone. The Merrill, the Donna, the sort of Sarah zone. I think the traitors have really effed it up because they murdered a lot of people who weren't targeting them, but were big threatening personalities. Um, yeah. And, like, they gave their logic for that as in they are threats and they, they are vocal threats. But it now means that they are left with a huge group of people who no one suspects is a traitor and who are looking at them. So they, yeah. they do not have the time between now and the end of the game to murder all of these people. And yeah. all of them are lower on the list for banishment. So, yeah. like, they cannot... Like, no one's going to look at Sheree. No one is going to look at John. No one's looking at Bergie. You And you've just, you've not got enough big personalities left. This is why yeah. I don't think Sandra has any shot at winning this, because I think she's going to be quite high up on the murder list. I can yeah. see that they'll keep her a bit further in until, um, until they no longer need her as a number to target the party, Peter's party pals. But, yeah. like... Why poverty's not going to make it to the end, no. and Phaedra has no incentive to keep in Sandra over, Ber- say, a Bergie, over, say, no. a Sheree, no. uh, you know, a CT. 
Yes, each yeah, exactly. Yeah, I feel like at this point, it's almost Phaedra's to lose. Once they get rid of Parv, once they get rid of Peter, once they get rid of Trishel, you know, who they're going to start going back to the, I'm going to vote for Kevin. I'm going to banish Kevin for some random reason. I'm going to randomly banish, um, I don't, yeah, Sandra, you know, they, they, yeah. Well, I, okay, I disagree. I think this is either a faithful win or a recruit win because apparently, yeah. so we do oh. see Trishel saying after Dan's banishment that she's sus on Phaedra because Dan yeah. put her name out. I think Dan ended Phaedra's game here. So yeah. we do see Trishel say this. Apparently, because the the cast loves oh. talking spoilers in no, their no, other no. podcasts. Okay, I've, yes, I, yes, this, P- yes, sorry, go, yes. Go, go. Peter, apparently, at the round table, goes hard on Phaedra and says, Dan put her name out because she's a traitor. And I think yeah. that they are included, They that that means that they're going to eventually get her after yeah. they've got Parvati. Yes. Yeah, never mind. I- ignore what I just said. I forgot that, that I read that. Yes, I read that as well. There's, an- there's enough heat on Phaedra that she could make it to the fire pit and people will banish her just to be 100% certain. Like, yeah. I don't I don't think she's an immediate target. That's poverty and maybe Peter. But for, I don't see Phaedra winning. I think this is a faithful win or a recruit win. Yeah. Um, so after all this drama goes down, Peter calls a himbo meeting. Then Sandra and Parvati throw a tantrum that no one else is allowed in there. It's crashed. <laughs> Feelings are aired, and then we get to Traitor's Tower, where our messy, 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 messy traitors decide to do another overthink move. Now, if this was <laughs> any other season with normies, they would be like, F this, we need to murder Peter right now. Like, yeah. straight up, we just murder Peter, we don't yeah. mess around, but no. Yeah. Parvati wants to big brain strategy this. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to try and recruit Peter. <laughs> What what was your initial reaction I, to this thought? I did I did think it would be funny <laughs> to force him to, but then at the end of the day, he was so hardcore on being the trader hunter. The thing is, as well, is that let's say UK, let's say say UK in general, there was already a precedent set that you know the per- people who uh deny the recruitment get birded and i feel like there's an underlying sort of tone of that throughout it since then that everybody's a bit too scared to reject it because they're probably going because again normie season it's pretty straightforward those sorts of actions probably will lead to whatever unless they want to be big brainer i guess it like you said uh but i think in this context they all they all are in big brain mode <laughs> and they want to game the game. And, you know, in some ways you can try it, especially based on, like, Dan tried, thought he was gaming the game. Uh, Peter did game the game. Sandra's now gaming it. But uh, Pav, yeah, on, in, on paper, yes, would be very funny to t- make, force him to turn on his fellow faithful and blah, blah, blah. But he had built up so much uh reputation that i feel like and as we said he had a lot of sort of condescension and all this sort of thing that i think there was absolutely no way that he would have taken it without thinking that he could also use it to his advantage you know what i mean and i i yes i agree and i think that the problem is that they're all thinking about tv so poverty's thinking it's going to make great tv to recruit him instead of murdering him. Like, murdering him's the obvious thing. The TV thing is to recruit him. And Peter's there, you know, thinking, no, my brand is being faithful. The iconic TV thing would be to say no. And in, in all of them are playing badly for the big TV thing. And I, I think it was Wes um, from The Challenge was on, Rob has a podcast talking about this. And he said something really great, which was, if I have the choice between two equally good moves, I choose the choice that's better for television. But if I have a choice between a move that's good for my game and a move that's good for television, I choose the move that's good for my game. And that's, that's where they're cooking it. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's sort of, it's sort of the, the, the Cochrane of it all, you know, 
flip on your whole entire tribe and then get brought back for a season that's basically designed for you and then you win, <laughs> you know, like you're doing it for the big TV moment. But yeah, and obviously some for someone like Peter winning The Bachelor doesn't really, well, he didn't win The Bachelorette and he was The Bachelor. So, you know, that's in itself not winning. But, you know, for someone like Pav who has already won and been back and all this sort of thing. Oh, now, because realistically, did Pav even have that many big, for somebody who's returned four times to Survivor, she probably has one or two sort of iconic moments. She has a million iconic moments, Phil. What, what, Take what, them out of your mouth. Okay. She has the her big idol play. The idol thing, yeah, that's the one she, I She has um, the iconic... <laughs> Black Widow's <laughs> Alliance, where they take the idol off. Um, no, but everybody is, uh, these days, everybody associates that with Cerise. Yeah, but that's all, on. she was part of that as yeah, well. Yeah, she's a, okay, she, so that's a shared one. Yeah, okay. She has the come from the bottom with Russell on Heroes <laughs> vs. Villains. <laughs> but that's also the idol. She thing. has I mean, I turning mean, like, on her flirt mance. Like, no, she, I mean, I mean, in, like, sort of like when you think about Sandra, I think of like when she yells at Johnny Fairplay. Um, when she, no, you're, uh, I'm sorry, Phil, this eyes. is not a survivor podcast and you're wrong. <laughs> and we're shutting down this conversation here. Okay. So moving into this week's episode, because otherwise I'm firing Phil from their own podcast. Um, Peter, we see Peter has turned down the recruitment. Messy, messy, messy Peter. And what I thought was interesting, I'm keen to get your thoughts on. He comes into breakfast and does not reveal to the group that he turned down the recruitment. And Parvati is relishing pushing the idea that someone has been recruited. And because she does that and because he only shares afterwards with the Peter's party pals that he, he had been given a recruitment and turned it down. This idea that someone could have been recruited and it was probably Peter is allowed to fester for the rest of the day. But what yeah. what did you think about Peter's move here? I did, at, in the moment, I thought he was just going to keep it to himself, which I would have been very random. Uh, but then when, yeah, when he eventually revealed it and all that sort of thing, I don't know. Again, I feel like, it's it's another one of those I'm isolating a bunch of people from information sort of moves. Like, I don't think it would have damaged his reputation if he had revealed that to the group. Because what would Sheree and Kate and MJ and, and CT have done with that information? They would have been like, cool, so it's definitely not you. But instead, he's yeah. withdrawn that information, and now they're all like, "Well, it has to be you, right?" Because it, it I find that really strange because that is almost the strongest sort of evidence you could give to somebody to say, "Oh, well, I'm definitely faithful because they tried to recruit me. There's no one, no murder, and I didn't accept it." And then everybody's like, "Well, we have to take that for face value because nobody's been eliminated." I'm in two minds about it because on one hand, I agree with you. We do see that that means people start getting suspicious of him this episode, um, along with the fact that because he's isolated people by having this Peter's party pals crew, no one else is allowed to talk to, people want to get rid of someone from that group anyway. Um, that said, like Peter just did not need more evidence he's faithful. His head was already on the chopping block for being murdered because he's a threat to the traitors and because nobody suspects him. Um, I think in doing this, he doesn't further aggravate the traitors by blowing up their spot at breakfast. And it generates a bit of heat on him. I think the heat could do him a favor, right? Because if he can survive, if he can get enough heat at the next banishment, but survive it, does this mean he's now slightly less likely to be murdered because he's more likely to be banished? I don't know. Like I'm, I could talk myself into either viewpoint because I agree with you. It's, it's, you know, by not giving this information to the rest of the faithful, they now have a false idea of how many traitors are in the game and they're looking at him. The, that side of the house has more numbers. And also I thought 
it might seem kind of suspicious to the party pals. I mean, like, I wasn't sure if Trishel totally bought it straight away where he's like, oh, by the way, don't tell anyone, but they tried to recruit me last night. It seemed kind yeah. of like, what if the party pals think he's lying? Well, yeah, exactly. Because we've seen, yeah, yeah, I, I would say, yeah, double-edged sword. Because, yeah, no, I would say, no, I see what you're saying. Um, Yeah, I think he should have just told them, hey, because it's just... I don't know. He's so transparent, but not transparent. It's just sort of a bit. It's just because, so... <laughs> because the more and more we talk about all this stuff, and this is probably why I keep I brought up Survivor just then because they're making it so us and them within a group of faithful. So it's it's uh, messing with my mind thinking that this is a group and now this is a group and they're versing each other when it should be traders versus faithfuls and the faithfuls should be all working together to get out traders and the traders should be navigating those scenarios. Uh, Cause it's so funny because I guess, especially these last few months with so much traders going on this, especially when you go on Reddit, every person has like 500 ways that they think they can improve the format and you don't need to improve the format. It's, it exists how it is and you can sort of create things within that. Those yes. diameters, those parameters. I mean, and so, and this is a version of that. And it's sort of really funny because, like, I think when I just remember, I was thinking about when you were um, just speaking, but, you know, long gone are the days where uh, the murders were random murders to throw in chaos. I think those are so far beyond. Everybody wants to big game. Traders want to big game the murders now. Uh, big, big, big brain the murders, I guess it is probably a better way of framing it because... Yeah, instead of throwing chaos into the mix and sort of deflecting and being good at that sort of thing, now they want to sort of navigate moves and stuff like that. So, yeah, like, it's just really interesting to sort of talking about it now because I just sort of realised this dynamic that Peter has sort of created has made it so survivor-like and it's not even the game at, <laughs> at hand. Yeah, and, and I think, you know what, everyone, trash the format once the players have actually worked out how to play the format. You know, we've yeah. had Big Brother and Survivor for over 20 years. So, of course, people know how to play it now. And I saw Sandra was trashing it as well. And I'm like, look, no, it's not the same game. And, yeah, there's big <laughs> elements that are, you know, different people have different levels of power within the game. And it's not completely fair. But there's not the same kind of random twists that you get in Big Brother and Survivor. Survivor. There's a no. lot of luck in those games as well. Ma maximize your agency within the, the format of the game and, and trash it once people have got it worked out and there's still obvious flaws. People are still working it out. Um, and I, for, and form, don't get me wrong, form your little sub alliances. Don't make them so obvious and include a bloody traitor in them. I think that's yeah. another fundamental issue is with the party oh, yeah. house. There's no traitor in it. There's no traitor in it. Yeah. There's no incentive you've actually to lump, Yeah, you've lumped the traders with the majority now. Yeah. <laughs> you've actually it's given them more power. Absurd. So post so post breakfast, he's rallying the party pals, he's letting them in on the information, and everybody else is out on the party pals. I think it's around here where we get um MJ and um, Sandra trying to bust in and they're not letting them talk. So Sandra puts together using the um, pool balls to explain to some of the dummies in the leftovers what the numbers look like and they highlight who cares who's a traitor and a faithful. We've got to get rid of someone from the party pals tonight in order to keep the numbers. Yeah. And, and she what? even addresses the traitors and says if there's a traitor here... We need to keep the numbers. Yeah. Do you, and do you know what is really funny? It was in this sort of moment that it really clicked into my mind that obviously the US and UK use the same castle. And I was like, this is so yes. interesting yeah. to sort of witness that, you know, the bar is the same. But, you know, they're doing these things in these rooms. Even the fact that they kept using the armory. Yes. They just went in there just for a chat. It's not even a twist. Yeah, it's like, okay, I didn't realise that was accessible by you guys. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, I loved it. Uh, obviously, this is like peak Sandra style, sort of rallying the troops and sort of numbering it out. And 
I feel like it's just sort of interesting to see Sandra like this. And I don't know if it's sort of a byproduct of doing Australian Survivor where, because I don't think Sandra, like as in in the evolution of Sandra, she was always sort of like the two I see to somebody. And then well, I disagree. I mean, in, in her changes. life, no, no, that's, no. Sorry, I'm going through the process. Oh, as sorry. in, like, like sorry. as in the first two seasons, she was like the sort of two I see, sort of second in charge type. And then game changes was sort of her rotation moment where she took way more control in the game because she was a winner amongst all these people and whatever. But she got voted out. And then in Australian Survivor, they were like. Oh, and then Island of Idols and all this sort of stuff. They're like, Sandra, icon behavior, blah, blah, blah. And so now at this point, she has full ability to explain the game or whatever she's playing to people because she's done it now, what, four times or something at this point um, with Australian Survivor being the last thing she did, I think. So I think at this point, this is like peaks Sandra, um, leader, alpha version which is like a crazy transition from her original season. We love it. And I and I love Sandra. I love Sandra. And I've seen on the internet she's getting so much praise. You know, Sandra's running this game. Sandra's winning. I, oh, I can't no. see her winning. I cannot see <laughs> her. No, no. no. Like you, no you, she's you, evolving the game, yes. Yeah, yeah. She, like, there's no way, if you're a traitor, you want to, as explained earlier, you want to go to the end with people who are, are blind to the fact that you're a traitor and no one's going, no one's going to buy that. She might get no. recruited, but no. I think Fe- I think Phaedra would, would recruit somebody else. All right. So then we have the first, the mission. that I like this mission. This is the one where they team up in pairs and they've got to answer questions and then one of them ends up in a trap. Um, it was cute. We see that Sandra and Kevin win. It's Sandra's first individual immunity win. They get shields. Yay. <laughs> love that for them. Yeah. Yes. Love that for her too. Do you know what I was thinking when I was seeing Parvati with John, which I thought was really cute, but I have a feeling, I think I remember Parv's family visit and I think maybe Cook Islands. I can't remember if it was in her other ones, but I'm pretty sure her dad is also like, a British dude so I think I think I just thought that was really cute oh that's cute <laughs> that's just I, random. I honestly random. I can't remember I, I remember Courtney's dad super British but I don't oh maybe I'm past. thinking of Courtney's dad yeah actually no never mind yeah. I think I'm thinking of Courtney's dad never mind I'll edit this <laughs> sorry everyone um but no that was really cute some extra bonding time for our King John um we get back again. Um, we can see that the, the Peters pals are looking to target poverty. The rest of the house is firming up on targeting Peter. And then we have the twist that everybody's up in arms about because Alan announces in his full Smurf suit, there will be no banishment tonight. Um, instead, we're going to play, what do we call it? Is it called a trust train? Or no, safety train. We're going to play safety train, which is actually one of my favorite sequester games. So we're going to play safety tra- train. Um, and then the last five people are going to be up for murder tonight. So it's quite dramatic. They all go out into the woods in the dark. And Sandra and Kevin get to start the safety train because they have the shield. They're already protected. And this is where the drama starts to kick off because MJ says, I'm super tight with Sandra. She's definitely going to be the one making the decision and she's going to pick me. But they actually pick Sheree. And then Sheree doesn't pick MJ either. Sheree picks um, Phaedra, who she's got 20 years of history with. And this is where the safety chain completely <laughs> falls apart for the leftovers because yep. Phaedra's picking her boo CT. Are they one of the people who were hooking up? I don't know. Um, uh, and C- uh, 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 CT breaks Trishel's heart by picking John, who then goes on to pick Peter. Um, all right, so let's dissect the betrayals piece by piece. <laughs> Do we think that the butt hurt that's coming from MJ 
is going to fracture the relationship with Sandra. Well, the annoying thing about that specific scenario was that that was two people making a decision. So it can't completely fall on Sandra that she didn't push hard enough for the one other, like for this one person, but probably. But (laughs) probably. It probably is. It would probably be Sandra's end for some annoying reason. I, I, I wonder if it's going to be harder to vote for them together. Um, all right, so on the other major betrayal, which was CT and Trishel, who, again, I think they go back 20 years. Um, so from my knowledge of the challenge, like, CT is not an emotional man. He's quite closed off from his feelings and very much separates what's best for his game from you know, what what might be nicest for everybody's feelings. And I, I do, I hearkening back to where you were saying that this is kind oh, of, yeah, yeah. it's unfair, they're not playing a game. And like, they are on opposite ends of the, um, of the alliances in that Trishel's very much part of Peter's party pals. She's not really been keeping CT looped in. But I do think that he's been straddling both sides and having that secret close alliance would have been really positive for him moving forward. Um, I just think they both handled it really poorly. Um, you know, like yeah. it would, rather than him going to her and saying, oh yeah, I just think John's better at the game than you. You know, he could have said, I wanted to keep how close we are under wraps. Like I, yeah. I don't think that you're more likely to get murdered than somebody else, but I'm so sorry or whatever. And I don't think she needed to blow up their whole friendship over it. No, but that's no, but that's what I mean. It's like, as you explained, their relationship, their strategic relationship was seemingly kept under wraps. So by acting super betrayed by this sort of decision, all it would say to me is that, okay, so they're sharing information between the two. If I was, let's say, let's say replace poverty with me, I don't know, Sheree with me. Oh, I would have fully just been like, well, you're CT. Are you sharing information to this other group? Like that's all I would. So yes, CT should have patched it up ASAP, but Trishel should also have, I, I don't know. In my mind, I thought their strategic relationship was something that, they kept low key that, and maybe they're thinking in the opposite way. Maybe they want to be dramatic and make it that we're not close. I think she was authentically upset. Oh, well then I don't, Trishelle, you can't have it both ways. You can't have a secret relationship and be upset when the person is not doing over things towards a secret person that you're in an alliance with. Like everybody already probably assumes you're working together in some way, shape or form maybe don't make it so much of a point. I don't know. I just found it really bizarre because I just didn't understand why. The whole thing was triggering. It was like giving heterosexual woman with her low EQ boyfriend where she's like, (laughs) you've done something like bad and I need you to come and apologize to me. And he's like, Oh, I didn't know you wanted me to talk to you. Oh, oh, I just thought you're kind of dumb. Like, it's like, Oh oh my God. God. Yes. It was so, that wasn't it. Look, when he walked into the room and was like, well, I don't know, I just thought that you were good. You just wanted to, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, CT. I think, I think CT's playing a great game. I can see yep. him winning this. I can see him being recruited by Phaedra. And he has, yes. he is good with all sides of the house, right? Yeah. Like he's, he gave yep. Peter the heads up that his name was out there. We didn't talk about that. Peter had his little moment in the eye in the armory with the traitors and that didn't really go anywhere. Um, But CT basically gives him the heads up. um, And, and he extends an olive branch by giving the shield or the safety chain to John as well. Um, Meanwhile, he's number one, most beloved to the point she gave him the spot in the safety chain by Phaedra. Um, I think he's in a very solid position. Yeah. I don't think CT is going anywhere anytime soon, which is why I think I was just also just so annoyed that Trishel was like, about it. Cause it, it just draws attention. It just, it just, and I, and I get it. Emotions run high in in all these sorts of things. Um, But yeah, I just found, I just found it really bizarre for people who have experience in games. (laughs) That that was a reaction. (laughs) So, 
We come back from the safety chain and there's no banishment tonight, but we're getting fussed about the murder. Um, everyone's sort of crying about how hurt they are that they weren't picked in the safety chain. <laughs> we get confessionals from Parvati saying she's kind of annoyed Phaedra didn't pick her. I'm not sure that I really buy that, but I think that this was, no, that was all included. Good. Yeah, I think this was all included to demonstrate the breakdown in the relationship between Parvati and Phaedra. Parvati obviously made that move against Phaedra by um, throwing out the housewives at all those round tables ago. We've seen Phaedra push Parvati's name subtly a couple of times now. And now Phaedra is saying, I don't trust Parvati. She's icy. Parvati's saying, I don't trust Phaedra. Things were a bit tense in that traitor's tower. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that was maybe one of my favorite things I've ever watched. Where Phaedra was like, you're either an Iron Maiden or an Ice Queen. <laughs> I'm kind of loving Phaedra's, uh, I don't even, what, what is that called? A one-liners? Just saying the words. Uh... Yeah, her, the way she's just saying the words, though. Like, she said, it was, I feel like when they were doing the thing, or when they were, it was the, the um, Dirac McDormand or whatever, she's like, Dirac McDormand. <laughs> yeah, so I, she's, she's really great. Having, and Yeah. Uh, and like Sorry. she's also been given a spot back on Real Housewives. So despite the fact she was booted uh-huh. off for manufacturing sexual assault allegations and various <laughs> other horrific things, she she's secured. She's been reemployed. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Well, do you know what? It's probably because they've realised that she's now inherited. Oh, I mean, gained not inherited, gained um a whole new audience. They're like, yep, Phaedra trains back on. Doot, doot. She's been uncancelled. So in Traitor's Tower, they're going through all of the people who they can murder. So there's Kate Chastain, there's MJ, Trishel, and Bergie, because the fifth person's poverty, obviously, that we're not murdering her. So um, they narrow it down to Trishel and um, and MJ. Obviously, like, Phaedra's not going to want to murder Bergie um, and... Kate, what's she even doing there? They want could potentially recruit her later. Um, wh- what do you think is the right decision here? Trishel or MJ? Trishel. Just execute the plan that they wanted to do before. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it. On one hand, I'm like, you know, MJ would frame Peter further, right? Like if, yep. if Trishel, who's the obvious person to murder here, if Parvati's a traitor um then murdering mj would further frame peter that said they've been doing too many throw people off the scent big brain moves here like they don't have time for any more of these i think they need to murder trishel she's the one who's putting a lot of heat on phaedra she's putting heat on poverty trishel needs to go i also think we wouldn't have seen so much about Trishel calling, see, telling CT he signed her death warrant if yeah. it wasn't actually going to result in her death. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like there's the 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 sort of objective game that we sort of are witnessing, and then there's the subjective game of the show. And yeah, that's basically what what was getting telegraphed to us as well. But also, hey, I would say get totally murder Trishel for CT's benefit as well. She was drawing too much attention to him. <laughs> like, but Phaedra, keep him close. Keep him close, babe. You don't want to share. I think that if, um, obviously, if we hadn't had this twist, I think Peter goes. Um, and I I think that would have been good television. I don't, I'm, look, uh, either they already had this in the game and I'm, uh, all right, or I'm a little bit skeptical that they've had a twist that wasn't on the UK, like what all of a sudden yes. the US is coming up with their own game mechanics. Yes. Um, but they haven't. Yeah. They they didn't have the dungeon twist or the uh, with the people putting people on death row. So maybe they did already have this in, and this was their twist on that. Yeah. True. Yeah. No, um, they haven't done that. Yeah, my, my concern here, so I think Trishel's going. Um, I mean, I see the benefits of murdering MJ, but I I think you need mm. to get rid of, you need to get rid of one of Peter's pals at this no, point. Because because also if they understand the dynamics of um their whatever their leftovers group, uh 
obviously MJ's a well, obviously one MJ's a number for quote unquote them. Uh, but she's also, you know, close to Sandra, blah, blah, blah. They already see tension there. Uh, so, the, you know, that could then become a uh, festering point to help break down that group once they whittle down the other group. Yeah. My, my concern here, though, is that the leftovers are coming in. They didn't have time to consolidate their group and bring themselves together by banishing Peter. And now they've been blown by the safety chain like the peters pals never had to betray each other with the safety chain whereas the leftovers they did betray each other and now i'm concerned that because of the tension between phaedra and poverty and the brewing resentment amongst the rest of the leftovers that we see maybe phaedra and ct swing over to the peter party pals and we yeah. see a, a par banishment yeah, in honor of Trishelle. Yeah. It's like, oh, got rid of, got, yeah, CT feels bad. Obviously, there's a traitor on the other side because they wouldn't have specifically then gone and done the executed plan. Parv, they're already suspecting Parv is a traitor. They flip. They finally get rid of um, Parv. Peter stays. New week. Who knows what happens? Yeah, recruit CT. Um, but look, I oh, think yeah, we're all manifesting, we're manifesting Peter's demise. Um, we thank you for your services to the faithful, Peter. Um, I always back a faithful and I love a faithful who's correct, but I needed you to be cuter about it. Um, yep. and you've stopped being cute about it. Um, and now I would like you to take the fate of the rest of faithfuls who are always <laughs> correct. And I need you to be unceremoniously booted from the game. Yes, please. <laughs> like he's like he's cute, but then no, it's not really. No. Mm. Sorry, Peter. I know you, Phil. I know your type. And when Bergie was cuddling his little plushie up in that, um, in all of his <laughs> shots in the room, I'm like, oh, I know Phil's secretly thirsty. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, yes, yeah, so sorry, Peter. You just don't have, you just don't have, you're not himbo enough. <laughs> All right. Is there anything we've not spoken about that you were hoping to get off your chest? No, I think that was, that was everything. Like, luckily the way, <laughs> luckily by not talking about one episode and then talking about this episode where basically nobody gets eliminated, we, yeah, you, we've, we've spoken about the, uh, the full full circle arc of um it's almost like uh how in both australian survivor and in um traders uk you know they have their three episodes and they sort of format it in that way this is a nice tidy little arc whatever the outcome is of tomorrow we know that i mean tomorrow whenever um that the next step of the game is going to be so different it's not going to be the same it's not going to be the story of the leftovers versus the cuddle buddy party pals you know we love the cuddle buddy peter party pals and i love that it, the name gets longer and longer the longer this <laughs> conversation goes on um yes everyone thank you for being patient with us um as we took a week off fortunately we were blessed because this was a nothing burger episode <laughs> chili philly where can the people find you and what have you got going on um, so, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Chili Philly. You can follow me on Twitter at the Chili Philly. You can follow us on <laughs> Instagram and on Twitter that gets no action at Babes on the Brink. Um, I will be recording a, uh, like a hot or what recap of, uh, Survivor Titans versus Rebels this week with, I would say pending guests, but at this point I think it's going to be, um... One of our faves, uh, Baden Gilbert. And yeah, that's going to be really fun. But that's not even recorded and the episodes aren't even done for the week. So let's see what happens this week. <laughs> and then it may be, may be more exciting than we expect. Yeah, stay tuned. Um, what about you, Annabelle? Australian. It's an amazing season of Australian Survivor, only superseded by Phil's and even better coverage. Um, <laughs> so you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at... Annabelle C-E, that's A-N-N-A-B-E-L-C-E. -E. Um, 
you this week I am going to be talking about Australian Survivor over on Silent Podcasts with Sarah Carradine as a guest. I was also on Ivan from the Traitors UK Season 1's um, Entropoly Twitch stream this last week. So if you go over to Ivan's Twitter um, and check out his Twitch stream, that was so much fun. I did that from Doug from Survivor UK um, and John, who is a Blood on the Clock Tower streamer, had the best time ever. Um, but what I would love more than anything, audience, could you please, please leave us a rating and a five-star review? We would super appreciate it. I live on a diet of compliments, um, and it helps people find our podcast in the sea of a million podcasts. So we love you. Stay faithful. And everyone, thoughts and prayers. Peter's party pals are going down. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>